What is up, After Buzzers? We are back for This Is Us. It's episode 12, guys, and we're talking all about Clooney. And if you watch this episode, we're not talking about George. Stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Them that's got shell I love Love me some Billy Holiday. We came in very classic tonight. Very classic. Uh, William, he's been gone for a little while, and he just came all back in this episode in all different ways. Not going to lie, when I think of Billy Holiday, I think of Clueless. I, why? Do you like Billy Holiday? I love him. You don't? Okay, never mind. Those have clearly I didn't Those who seen the movie will know what I'm talking about. I'm thinking this is us, Billy Holiday. It's fine. What is up, guys? Thanks so much for joining us this week. We are on week 12. I can't believe it already. I've been with you guys for 12 weeks. Where does time go? I don't know. But 2018. I know. Welcome back, by the way. I was going to say, you weren't here, so Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. And everyone at home. It's crazy. Well, thanks so much for joining us, guys. My name is Candace Cruz. You can find me on all my social media at Candace R. Cruz. We're missing Keith. He'll be back hopefully next week. I know he's been gone a couple weeks, but I do have my two lovely ladies over here. Hi, guys. Um, I'm back. Happy 2018. My name is Lena Nori, and you can find me all over the internet at Lena Nori. And I'm Erica Shannon, and you can find me on Twitter at Miss Airy Baby. Yeah. Guys, it is a new year, and with a new year beginning, we do all set goals, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, so, we do, and we break them. Uh, have you broken some already? No, I don't set goals for the new year. It's not my thing. See, I like that. The I've been a little bit more like that in, this year. I do it. Yeah. What about you? Any resolutions? I, mean, I try not to set them. I try to just start the year off kind of fresh. Yeah. And what I do, what I do. I don't, I don't, so I don't really think about it I too totally much. get it. Well, I mean, I set some goals. I don't really set resolutions. I set goals. And if you're setting new goals for your business, it's extremely difficult to reach them without the right people on the team. And just like Randall looking for a job, which I feel like this whole episode was all about, like, him finding a quote-unquote job. Something yeah, that excites him is what he's saying. Something yeah, that excites, right. gets the juices flowing. But um, ZipRecruiter <laughs> has transformed about how you go about finding them and those people and those employees that can work for you. Get the juices flowing for your company. Just like Randall was saying. I really didn't like the whole juices reference, but whatever gets you going <laughs> in general. Um, but ZipRecruiter posts jobs to over 100 of the web's leading job boards with just one click. And then ZipRecruiter actively looks for the most qualified candidates and invites them to apply. So they even review every application. I manage a store and I know reviewing applications takes forever and a day just to find the right people. And they identify the top candidates for you so you never miss a great match for your for your job and for your new opening and for New Year's resolutions, everything that you need for your job. And that's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other hiring sites, they don't depend on the right candidates finding you. It finds them for you. I really like this. I need to hire I more people now. I was going to say, you, you probably should use ZipRecruiter. I needed to. I wish I did. Now I'm I'm fully like staffed, but I'm definitely going to be using them moving forward. Um, And it's no wonder that 80% of employers who do post on ZipRecruiter get quality candidates through the site in just one day. One day. That's quick. That's incredible. That's That's amazing. Like it took me a good two weeks to find anybody because I used other sites and you have to go through every single application and it's just a lot of work and ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. So if you are looking for new employees um, and you can find out why today, 
ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes. So if you have a big company or a small company um, and industries, you can find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, all of our listeners here at AfterBuzz can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right. Free. I love free stuff. Yeah, free is always it's great. great. Always great. So just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash buzz. That's ZipRecruiter slash buzz. And just go and try it for free. ZipRecruiter slash Buzz. Buzz. I had to do it. It's fun. But yeah. And it's easy to remember. It's easy to remember. And I'm sure if you are looking for any type of employee, whether that's like an intern or someone that's just, you need someone for some help moving forward with all the New Year's resolutions, definitely hit them up. Um, And thank you so much to ZipRecruiter for hitting up after Buzz. Thank you so much. Yeah. So Randall looking for his own job. He should have used ZipRecruiter. I love how his wife's like, please, for the love of God, just Find get a job. a job. Just for us. Get a job. Please get a job. And more so, and she was saying it wasn't even about the money. It was just like, get out of the house. Do mm-hmm. something productive during the day. And he needed to be grounded. She's like, you're up in outer space. Get a job. And it's it's interesting because remember when we were watching, I was talking about how, you know when there's couples, if there's one significant other that stays at home, not necessarily the wife, but you know whoever it may be and the kids are in school, it's kind right. of like... When you come home and you're stressed out, I notice that she's always stressed and she comes home and there he is with his little missions that he has and his little projects and where it's like you feel the frustration because you're at work, you're stressed out, maybe things aren't going your way. Mm -hmm. And she was like, I didn't think that when I went to college, I would be sitting here, you know, working for the government, losing the property to Costco. Costco, I mean, listen, I understand that she's upset about that, but I do love Costco, side note. You can find I'm, anything at Costco. I mean, like, yeah, you can, even, you can find. You can find. Soon, you're gonna find your husband or your wife at Costco. In this, where the I mean, you speak for yourself. I'm not finding no. Uh, I'm not finding a husband at the Costco. But even Annie okay. was like, I'd rather have a Costco than a park. I, mean, I love Costco, and she's so young. You would yeah. think she wants, but I guess you could look at Costco as you, if you're a kid. You could look at Costco as a playground. That's true. You just run around. There's something to eat. There's everything all those everything. But I totally get where she's coming from, though, because I feel like as much as I like my days off. I realize if I don't have a structure of a job that I'm doing, whether that be, like, for my personal job and personal goals or whether that's for, like, my actual job, I feel like I just get kind of lost and, like, oh, look at the pretty things to do. Mm-hmm. And then you lose track of time. So it's just – and being the spouse and having to manage the money and manage everything, that's a lot of weight to put on yourself. Yeah. And I yeah. feel her when it comes to that. So, I mean – as much as we need to see a happier Randall, because he's had such a hard time with William and everything else, I do think he needs a little, like, check. Yeah. But when he said that he, that being a foster parent would was making him happy and was getting his juices flowing. flowing. <laughs> <laughs> to interesting choice of words. It is Force very interesting choice of words. I was thinking maybe he should become, like, a substitute teacher. Or something where he's around kids. Well, maybe that's a good route to go. Yeah, I'm saying, it, and it's and it's a it's a profession that he can be in where he's not necessarily going to get called in every day, so he can still yeah. be at home to help with Tess and Annie. But it it also gives him something to do. And not to jump to the end and my prediction on that, but I almost feel like when he found the the building mm-hmm. and helping, I think he so desperately wants to cling on to William, which is perfectly fine you found your father really late in life and you didn't have a lot of time with him i feel like he's just clinging to the idea of him so the fact that william was very involved with the building and very involved with the landlord and wanting to make sure that these people were happy i think it's it's giving him the idea of like well i can still help people yeah 
and really do something that will like benefit others rather than just what I was doing previously. I think what happened with um, Randall is, you know, he had that episode where he was suffering from anxiety, mm-hmm. and myself, I, I, I don't like using the word suffer because let me retract that. Not suffering. Mm-hmm. It's not suffering. It's just anxiety. Just you know, you think of things differently, and you think of the worst case stuff like that. So mm-hmm. we had the episode, and it kind of had the breakdown. He pretty much quit after that, and mm-hmm. it's kind of like. When you have anxiety, you need structure. You need to know and have every single day planned because you freak out and you think about the worst. So I feel like almost by him quitting his job and kind of this experience he's gone through where he just moved his dad in and then he moved the foster kid and it kind of broke him out of that planned situation. Mm. And from someone that kind of recently, I also went through that and I've been doing a lot of meditation and stuff that it actually helps you deal with anxiety is you don't ever want to go back to a structure. Mm-hmm. Once you've been liberated from that feeling of needing everything to be Blah, blah, blah. Like, it's literally, like, in your head. It has to be like this. Otherwise, you freak out thinking, worst case scenario, what could happen? You have to plan everything out. So I kind of understand where he's coming from. He's finally getting a break. He's worked his whole life. He's successful. He's driven. He's built a life for his family. I'm sure Beth was also involved in that as well. Mm-hmm. I do agree with her, though, that almost when you're too no plan, you kind of are just a free spirit. Mm-hmm. And you do kind of need to be brought back to, like, it's so amazing how well Beth and Randall know each other that she knows that now he's out in the air. And you need to kind of just bring him back down to to earth. And I think that what happened and what he was saying with all these jobs is he wanted something that's giving him a calling. He doesn't mm-hmm. want to just do the nine to five, the math. Right. That what is he doing? Like numbers and strategies yeah. for business practices. I think now he actually wants to do something for him, which I think I th- is pretty amazing. I think it's amazing. And I think that's very much like indicative of the way like structure and jobs are going anyway i feel like a lot of people are finally like going after what they're calling mm-hmm. is what their drive and what their passion is especially with the nine to five becoming like so non-existent almost i know that there's still a lot of nine to five that's still the majority of where jobs are or even eight to six or eight to six or whatever yeah. that may be whatever the time constraints are but i feel like everything being moving online and being more innovative and different things i think that it's revolutionizing like the way that we all function in business. So I think it's really cool that he does have that opportunity. And it almost goes back to like what Jack was saying, even though Jack didn't really have that. No, he did have that conversation. It was at the food court when he was saying, you guys have to make commitments and, you know, but it was very much like still wanting to, to follow your dream and to really kind of fulfill what you what you need to do and i'll even piggyback off of what you were saying before candace about william him randall wanting to cling to william Mm. i think it's more so he's following william's guidance like he's following the 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 little breadcrumbs that lead him closer to william but Mm. it's also directing him in a direction of where he truly wants to be yeah i'm not saying he's doing it because of william i think that that's just like what inevitably is like getting him where he's Mm -hmm. at you know what i mean because sometimes you're so like you've got your blinders on and we know randall is that way in general i mean he was even like that tonight when he was was trying to track down who the lady that william was talking to sometimes it's hard for him to go and divert and to actually find like what a calling is so maybe that's why he's so adamant about getting the juices flowing kind of what you were saying it's it's literally once you break out of this realm that you're in your head yeah and everything needs to be controlled and fixed and there can't be any room for any errors he's kind of just threw himself into like a world of change finding out your father that 
is the reason why you're alive is still alive and he went and chased him down and brought him in the house like think about all the things he did is so out of character even Beth was like what are you doing mm-hmm. right so it's like now that he's been liberated he's like what have I been doing my whole life let me just add some more stuff and add some more stuff but I have to say that the, my favorite part at the end is when he's chasing down this love lady of Williams yes he ends up connecting it once again to Beth and Beth's face because you know she's probably like, "Why did he drag me yeah. here? Why are we outside of Williams' house? What is this house? craziness? What is going on? I just told him to get a job. He didn't tell me anything about the interview, and then him just saying like, "I was reading these poems and you're my love, and everything has led me to you." You could see, but like Beth's face, like she's about to be in tears. And I was like, "Oh, I love them." They she's like nice. She's like, like okay. You've convinced me. Now she's whatever so you want. Whatever you, you want, baby. You don't need a job, babe. Come on. You don't need a job. Now Jazz is asking that, in the chat, yeah. do you think that they're going to make the building like a halfway house or a shelter? Ooh. I thought he was saying he wanted to buy it and keep it as it was, but just make it nicer for the residents. Because, that yeah, yeah. He's, remember, um, I forget the gentleman's name that had the box of William stuff. Lloyd. Lloyd, yeah. You're very wanting to know who <laughs> Lloyd was. By Garrett Morris. I have to shout him and Don Lewis out. Just because. Cool. They were both in the episode tonight. Well, yeah, and Lloyd said, remember he was like, oh, sorry, it's cold in here. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, air conditioning, no, not the air conditioning, the heater wasn't working. Yeah. And then when he went downstairs thinking that the manager was the one that William had a relationship with, she's like, oh, he was always complaining. This mm-hmm. is broken. This is broken. So I think all those little key But I need things, money to fix anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. And that's a very lucrative business as well for him. As, as much, you know, to make sure that everything, making the property nicer and whatnot, it could be really good for him. He feels like it'll it's probably a project. Give, him, give him the feeling that he can make a difference. Exactly. And, I, I mean, I don't know exactly what he was doing previously. I know he was working in weather of some sort. Yeah, he was like... Or pre- insurance. Or some crazy formulas. Something. But like it did not sound like it was really doing much for him. Weather patterns. It was a job. Of and course. sometimes, like, Randall seems like the person, because I was this way too, you go to job, you go to, go to job, you go to college and you're practical about what you want to study. Go to yep. job. Because you think, like, for instance, I'm an accountant. Everybody needs accountants. Yep. And my mom it's was an accountant. job security. Right. So there was that practicality at me at 18 years old thinking, well, you know, I'll always have a job. I think Randall was that way too. Yeah. And it probably, to an extent, interests him, because that just seemed like something that Randall would be into. As much as I'm not, like, the biggest Kevin fan, I'm getting more and more that way. I feel like I'm more like him than I am Randall. I'm like, there's no practicality here. I thought you were going to say, then you want to admit. Then I want to admit. Well, you're no, more like Kevin. you're more of a fan of him. Oh. No. <laughs> you know what's interesting, um, speaking of Kevin, is they're kind of all... And I'm sure that this is the way they created the episode after mm. introducing the big one, two, and three, and then it was fifth wheel... They're all kind of going through like a very emotional, free-spirited Face. state mm-hmm. where Kevin didn't go back to Hollywood. Mm-hmm. His therapist suggested you need to go to like a more uniform, um, scheduled lifestyle. He's kind of breaking through with the whole Miguel thing, which I'm still not breaking through with the Miguel thing, but let's just give <laughs> Kevin credit no. for breaking through with the Miguel thing. So you have Kevin completely out of his norm, trying to repair his relationship with his mom. Um, and then Kate is actually admitting to... Indulging into food again, which, as we saw in the last episode, she was mad. She, like, attacked at the therapist when they... Well, not at the therapist, like, Kevin, when he brought up the food thing. Mm -hmm. So they're kind of all three individually, but more so Kevin and Randall, going through this, like, free-spirited, completely, like, out-of-body experience. Like, what we've seen of these three characters 12 weeks in to season two, or actually, so more than 12 weeks, because there's also season one. But it's completely out of the norm. They're all acting completely out of their comfort zone. Kate a little bit less, but 
She's breaking through with Madison. Madison, not Madison, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Madison, yeah. I was even going to say, actually, in contrast, I saw that Kevin needed more structure than he's had previously. And that's why he went to his mom's house, because they could establish, like, we're going to eat dinner at this time, because he's been more free-spirited by being out here in Hollywood, kind of. That's what I'm saying. He's getting out of the norm. Like, he needed structure, so that's the yeah. opposite for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he's just kind of like a wild child with, like, no rules. So I'm saying is they're all going out of their comfort zone, like, meaning he actually needs to get honed in. Um, Randall's just, I, I kind of like Randall. He's just doing, at this point, whatever makes him happy. And Kate's kind of like, I feel like she's finding her way, too. Mm-hmm. Well, with Kevin, I mean, I, I really liked this episode for him, too. It wasn't anything over-exaggerated. It wasn't him breaking down or whatever. It was very simple. But I think it was what he needed as a character to to start putting the pieces together for what his present relationship is with his mom right now and what what's going on because he's always lived in the past of like his dad and even in therapy session you know like you know calling him for what he was he mm-hmm. was an alcoholic having all this resentment and it may not have even been resentment necessarily it's directed at Jack specifically. It was just the idea of your dad, and then you lose him, you get pissed off, like all this other stuff. So now he's got to deal with like present face value. This is what your life is. Like dad's gone. Now I got to deal with Miguel. Why is it that he's interfering? All this other stuff. And the, the, the interaction with them at the grocery store was so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I didn't like that. But yeah. I loved it so much because I'm so adamant about this show when it's being truthful and real yep. and not predictable. And I love that they had that uncomfortable conversation because I guarantee you for any kid that has dealt with a mixed family, there have been uncomfortable conversations like that. Mm-hmm. And it's just the way that it is, especially when you're an older adult or you're an older child coming into this mixed relationship because at this point you're not a, a kid getting a step parent. Now you have this idea around your life and your parents and what you expected and, and you were raised with this and then all of a sudden this person comes in and th- shakes things around. Of course, both of them, it's not a bad thing. They're both trying to figure each other out. And we learned a lot, actually, in the episode where they sat down on the couch when Kevin came and apologized mm. about the grocery store scene when he said, were you in love with my mom mm-hmm. when she was still with my father? And that explains a lot because kids are very observant. Mm-hmm. And I think the three of us had actually discussed this, or I was talking about it, is that it did, or the way they're editing the show has made it always seem like he kind of had his eyes on her. And it doesn't mean that he was in love with her. I, I don't think you could just be in love with somebody. And maybe he's just admiring her or, like, admiring how much she loved him, seeing as how mm-hmm. he came from a broken marriage. And then she was now engaged on the slopes and the kids and all that stuff. But it did always show an angle of, like, Miguel always kind of looking at her. And it also made me also feel that I can see where Kevin would say something like that for I feel like it was the latter, though, if anything, if he was looking at Rebecca. Because I, I very much believe him. As much as I'm not a huge fan of Miguel, there's something about him that just doesn't rub yeah, me the right way. And it's nothing against him. Like, he hasn't done anything that would make me feel that way. There's just something about him that seems fishy to me. But <laughs> I don't know what it is. I'll figure it out eventually. But him looking at her, I think it was always very much like he wanted and longed for that. Not her, 
that. Yeah. That, that relationship. relationship. Mm-hmm. Because they were together, like, as two couples from the get-go. So, like, when he had that, it was great. But it's always, like, y- y- when I lose that, it's like, I, I just want that. Mm-hmm. Why can't I have that? Yeah. But he was never that husband, though. If you guys remember in the scene where it was Jack's birthday. Oh, yeah. yeah he was always golfing, and then, like, Jack would make comments kind of saying that he would flirt with the girls in the office. Mm-hmm. So it's... It's not to just give Rebecca credit. Rebecca had that kind of love with Jack because Jack was also oh, of course. that kind of a husband. And they, yeah. they're by no means a perfect relationship, but that's what I do love about them so much. And it was actually Miguel that said it, is there wasn't a Jack or Rebecca. It was Jack, Jack and, and Rebecca. Rebecca. And it's so beautiful that you, when you see two separate entities come together and people giving equal support and equal love, that is what makes it so beautiful. It's not just the way Rebecca was with Jack. It's how also right. Jack was with Rebecca. So maybe someone should tell Miguel that. But I also, like, when Miguel was talking about being the outsider and, like, last episode when he was talking about, like, just immortalizing Jack, it was almost, I feel like he's trying to emulate almost of what Jack, what he wanted to be like. He went, does it make sense? Am I, I mean, making sense? It makes sense. I just don't think, and, and you know, from last week, I've turned toward Miguel at yeah. this point. And it, even in the chat, some people are disagreeing with you. Thank you to everybody that's in the chat, by the way. Um, but I think that Miguel is being Miguel. Yeah. He's just... He's he's telling Kevin, especially in that scene in the, in the grocery store, he's telling Kevin the truth. Mm-hmm. Kevin was an adult, and he left his mother. Miguel was there when his mother needed him. Mm-hmm. And so she is the one that he's going to care about protecting more than he cares about protecting Kevin. He wants to like Kevin. I mean, he wants Kevin, he and Kevin to have a great relationship, but at the end of the day, he cares for Rebecca more. Yeah. yeah. And and I, I don't I don't have I, a problem with I that necessarily. Everything that he says because to be honest, that's your wife and mm-hmm. you're you're not a 15-year-old boy that she's she's always going to defend her son. Right. But sometimes someone has to defend mom at that age like it's not like a teenager yelling at mom. It's your 37-year-old son coming at you, right. guns a-blazing, and basically tearing down all your, like... But that was in his defense. That was, like, the first time. I'm not saying it's okay to talk to your mom that way. Kate definitely comes gun blazing at her mom, as we saw all the time. Of course. But, but I think you have Kevin to have that was... partner that protects you mm-hmm. at, that, at that point. And because mm-hmm. Rebecca won't always do it. She's not going to protect herself because at the end of the day, it's her kids. And her kids will always come before Miguel. But someone, it's like moms never get defended, right? Mm-hmm. No one ever fights for mom. Yeah. Majority of the time. So someone's got to fight for her because she's not going to fight for herself. Yeah. And before it was Jack. It yeah, was Jack course. to say, don't talk to your mother that way. Or don't disrespect your mother. Mm-hmm. But now Miguel is like, I don't have to be nice kind to you. to you guys. No. Yeah. We're, we're not on equal footing, but we're on similar footing. Yeah. Because I'm, you've been in this for 37 years. I've been here for the past, what, probably 10 or so. I don't know how long. But I, I can be old, more objective to it. However old Tess is. Right. Right. Yes. Yeah. I can be more objective about how I speak to you. Mm-hmm. Here's Okay, here's my thought on Miguel. Aside from how we feel about him, because I'm still looking at Miguel, the old Miguel, and, and how he was like introduced to the story, is I'm glad that he finally stood his ground basically telling Kevin, I'm not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Kind mm-hmm. of like, you need to get used to it, I'm not going anywhere. I did say, however, especially in the grocery store scene, Kevin, not that it's ever acceptable to talk to your mother like that, he's obviously was trying to have a moment, he was trying to 
get things out. Randall was saying stuff to him. Kate was like looking at the therapist, attacking the therapist. The mom was just in denial. And I'm not saying Kevin was okay with that, but he's not been known, at least from what the show has shown us, to attack his mother. That's been more of like a Kate characteristic where she'll always talk back to her mother, mind your own business, mm-hmm. or snap at her. So like I said, I don't think it's okay, but I think that Miguel is trying to now finally, like, as someone said in the chat, find his place. But he needs to also understand that's her son. If they have an underlying issue in their relationship, I think in that sense, he should have taken a step back and it's not really his place. Now, if Kevin was continually abusing his mom and verbally abusing and saying, oh, I hate you, mom, or this, like, he made an effort to go straight from rehab to his mom's house to, like, make an effort to build a better bond or a stronger bond or break through the misunderstanding. And I think in that sense, Miguel needs to, at least in that space, take a step back. He should say, he has a right to say, hey, I'm not going anywhere. But at the same time, Miguel was not overshadowing them. He went to the grocery, but he went to find his La Croix. Mm -hmm. He didn't go in, like, hanging on to her. I think he literally went to be diffusing of the tension. If something something was to happen, he was going to step in. Yeah. And I think Kevin could have even in the kitchen stepped up at that moment and said, you know, Miguel, if you don't mind, I'd just like to go with my mom. He could have, but he didn't. Yeah. But if you guys saw, he, as I said, he's witnessed things as a kid, whether it was correct or not. Where it made him turn and be like, hey, did you love my mom when she was still with my dad? There must be something that Kevin has gotten and observed that didn't sit right with him. And I'm not saying it's okay as a, as a grown man. He should have, as you said, come out and been like, hey, can I talk to you? Or hey, like, I need some time alone. The passive aggressive, just waiting to see what happens and then saying something after the fact doesn't make sense. But or Miguel e- or just easily. saying, I'm here to protect your mom. Like, it was one instance. I understand that Rebecca's married to him, so she's going to talk about her experience with her now new husband, but he just hasn't been the guy that lashes out his mom all the time. So no, kind of but like, also, but you don't know how... He shouted anybody, to be and, fair. And you also don't know how Rebecca reacted at home. We didn't see that reaction. So she could have easily had a panic attack. She could have easily, like, been completely distraught. So when you're with that person, and it's a person that you love, and you see them reacting to someone doing something to them... Of course, you're going to be a little bit more protective. And I mean, to, to, to just end on the Miguel conversation, I think not. I don't know whether it was a specific instance where Kevin was observing it. I also feel like, dude, this was my dad's best friend. Of course, I'm going to automatically assume, like, did he swoop in after that like something ulterior? Yeah, regardless of if he ever saw anything happen, like that would still be fishy to me. Candace, Aaliyah agrees with you in the chat. And also, Pre-929 was saying that it's their understanding that Kevin and Miguel got along when Jack was still alive. Exactly. And not with Rebecca based on this scene at the mall. And I completely agree. Yeah. At the mall, those scenes at the mall, mm-hmm. Kevin and Miguel were conversing back along. and forth. They, they seemed to have a, a, a nice rapport. But then, like, we've all thought from what they've established with Miguel so far that we thought that there was something sneaky and underhanded going on. And Kevin, and it, that goes back to the fact that Kevin wasn't there. Yeah. Maybe Randall, that's why Randall and Miguel have an okay relationship, because Randall was there to see that it wasn't anything. Maybe Rebecca talked to Randall and said, you know, Miguel and I have been talking. I think we're going to go out, you know. Are you talking about the Facebook thing? Yeah. Okay. From that point, I'm saying, but Kevin was already in but if you guys, L.A. If you guys remember, what's interesting is how much it bothered him when he was saying his ex-wife was getting remarried. He went into detail about the proposal mm-hmm. and how the kids were all there, so... He should understand what it feels like when another man comes in. The difference is, he's, I, I do feel bad he's fighting a ghost. Like, how do you fight a ghost? 
Yeah. But at the same time, there in their life, no matter what, you're never going to be jealous. But I'm not going to stop loving my wife, regardless of all those previous examples, because we know that there was a huge gap between the moment that Jack died and when he came in. So, yes, he was Jack's former best friend or was his best friend. At the end of the day, they're two adults. And they went on a date, and they fell in love. Mm-hmm. It, that's it. And I, coming from, like, I come from a mixed family, and I adore both of my step-parents. And it's because I see my parents so happy. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, all I want is my parents to be happy. And I hope that Kevin eventually can come to that conclusion. And I think Randall did, too, because he was so much closer to his mother. Right. And I think he saw it and just wants his mom to be happy. You don't have to always like your step-parents. I've been very blessed. But, like, if at the end of the day they're making your parents happy, that's that's you're not there. I am, You're gone. And you're doing was, your life. Let them do their life, too. And that was part of the conversation that Kevin and Rebecca had at the end when Kevin said, I yeah. saw that you got up. When I came downstairs, mm-hmm. don't stop yourself. If that's how you enjoy watching TV with your husband, watch it, TV with your if husband. If you're happy, that way. are you happy? Yeah. Then great. Yeah. Then- I feel like there's a part of Rebecca, and this is just kind of like going based off of how their relationship has been, where she actually is with Miguel because there's a sense of familiarity with the fact that he was friends with Jack. It's kind of like she doesn't have to explain who he was. He could still be a part of their life. Like if you saw in the scene where they were talking about. Um, Beth is at the bar and she's talking about the big three in the last episode Mm -hmm. and she tried to say something about Jack yep she's like oh we can never compare to Jack and he's like okay now you're pushing it yep Mm -hmm. like now you're stepping in my zone and I feel like Miguel does know that and is okay with it which is to me pretty interesting like it's a security I guess to feel that it doesn't bother him but Rebecca definitely I sense feels a familiarity that she doesn't have to like explain who her husband is he knows who he is. And whatever he can kind of just be there in essence. And she can still wear the necklace. Yeah. Because Miguel understands the significance of it. And whatever reasoning she falls in love with him, she she felt, and she even explained, she was like, it's a different love. Mm-hmm. It's a slower love, but he makes me happy. Yep. And, and at the end of the day, and we've that's never what we want. heard that from Rebecca. That's what we want, you know. So I mean, I I think it's really interesting. I'm, I, I'm interested to see how long Kevin is staying with Mom and Miguel. Maybe their relationship will flourish. Maybe he'll learn more about his dad of who his dad was outside of being his dad. Mm-hmm. Maybe Miguel will open up on like some stories because even at the food court, there were things that Kevin didn't know about his dad. There's a lot of things that Miguel, being a friend of Jack knew a lot more about him as a man yeah. than what you do as, like, father-son. Right. I'm proud of Kevin, though. I mean, he's yeah. not perfect, but he's coming a long way. He's, he's being trying. more open about his feelings. He's kind of always been the subliminal guy where he doesn't really say how he feels. He just does weird things mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. sends mixed messages and hopes people. And I think that's his biggest problem with Sophie was they lacked communication. And I feel like he's now communicating too much. So hopefully we can, like, step it back, kind of like how Randall went from living a very mm-hmm. structured life to now he's, like, a free spirit. So with both of them, I feel like they're doing the opposite, and then now we're just going to work on honing it back. But I don't know about Kevin and Miguel's relationship getting too much better, but any kind of progress is good, especially yeah. if it's going to make his mom happy. And you know who I'm excited about, too, for is for Kate, because it was such an opening for her, I think, after she went to that therapy session that she now is like, okay, I need to, like open up for myself as well and go back to therapy with like the group setting. And she really opened up about her, um, eating and whatnot. But I found it really interesting and you guys caught it. And I didn't of when she started drawing on her arm. 
I just saw it when she was looking through the dresses, through the rack, and there was a seven on her arm. Mm. And I was just like, I don't understand. Was she drawing it, though, at the therapy session? I don't know if she was drawing anything. Or, like, just moving it or doing it. I didn't catch that. I think it might be her size, only because I believe, I could be wrong, she was trying on a size five Mm. dress, and that was the one that didn't fit. She, she tried on she a fit seven. The seven. She fit the seven. That's what I'm saying. So, but at first they showed a five because I remember seeing a five, and then I was like, oh, maybe it was because the numbers are one, three, five, seven. She mm-hmm. she tried on the five, and the five didn't fit, and it went in zip, and that's when she took it off and freaked out. But she had the seven on her arm at that point, and I think um, she'd even talked about like losing a lot of weight when she was younger, right before her dad passed. Yeah, yeah. But she had stopped eating. Mm-hmm. She had stopped eating thinking it would make her feel better. That's what she said. I do love the fact that even though Madison is weird and she talks about how her wrists are fat, which is, it's it's, it's a funny contrast because now we see that there's actually depth to her, mm-hmm. that she's actually has a currently has an eating disorder and that it's not just overeating. There's also not eating. There's also well, she like anorexia. There's yeah. bulimia. And it's the fact that Kate noticed that. I think it's kind of interesting that they're showing it, and we've always said this about the show, they show stuff from different perspectives, Mm -hmm. and that they're showing it from both sides, that there's this girl that we saw, and we're thinking, oh, she's so pretty, she knows the girl at the wedding dress shop, she's like a pageant girl-looking type thing, and then, in reality, she's bulimic. And it's a different way of, like, punishing your body. One way is, like, overeating, one way is making yourself throw, throw up in the acidic stuff that comes out of your body, like, what she's doing to herself, it's, it's sad, but it's... It's interesting how they showed it where Kate is the one that's actually there for her. Because Kate's always been like, shut up, Madison, say something. Yeah, I mean, in t- tonight's she said, say something that's going to make us roll our eyes or yeah. something like that. And then that's when yeah. she said about her wrists. I think it was such a beautiful interaction between them because, like, like you said, with the whole different perspectives, like, I get it. I've been there. Um, I was very lucky never to have like anorexia or bulimia, but my family, I have family members that have, and that's why it freaked, I still to this day don't get on a scale. When I go to the doctor, I turn around because I know inherently that that could happen mm-hmm. just because of like, you know, history. And a lot of it is linked to depression and a lot of different things. And like, even when, when Kate said, I felt better hating myself because it gave me something to hold on to. You know, and I get like there are so many and these are just a few of the types of eating disorders that there are out there. Like anorexia and bulimia are just on the surface, like overeating, they're being overly calculated. Those people that are bodybuilders that are very much meticulous about what they eat. Those can can be considered eating disorders because it's not just eating Mm -hmm. and it's not just surviving. It's literally like you obsess over whatever that control is, whether well, that's feeling a feeling a void or whatever, and it just like it really. You yeah. know what's crazy to me? So I've struggled with weight my life. You know, people mm-hmm. can look at you and think, "Oh, you look this way, you are that way." I fluctuated forty pounds at times. Mm-hmm. Like there's people that sometimes they see me, they're like, "Wait, whoa!" Like two years ago or three years ago, I was like forty pounds heavier, mm-hmm. and it's something that you kind of obsess over and I'm I'm definitely an emotional eater so I can see what Kate is going through yeah. there's like two different respects for me if I'm like devastated I'm going through a breakup I'm upset over a guy I don't know what it is about that kind of certain devastation but it makes me not want to eat mm-hmm. and I'll have to like force myself to take shakes down and it's kind of like your own personal way of punishing yourself yeah. and it's you can't explain it to somebody. Like, when you try to explain it, like, my sister, when I live with her, she was like, why aren't you eating? Like, she tried to, like, make me a shake and give me those little subliminal messages. And it's, you can't explain it. But then when I'm stressed out or I feel like I'm not getting somewhere with something, I just eat. Mm-hmm. And then I, you know, there's one bag of M&M's and then there's things and it just adds up. And that's how 
before you know it. And it's, we obsess over a map, like it's a number. Weight is a number. It doesn't exist. It's, there's no um, feeling to it. It's, it's mass. Yeah, it's not a mass. It's not like a piece of something. But we obsess over it. And we've seen so many of those Instagram models that show you the before and afters. And they show you that at like 128, they look, you know, slim, but they're flabby. But then at like 148, they're way more petite and they're healthy and their their body mass index is lower and their body fat is lower. It's like, why do we obsess over this number? I hate this number. It's like like a weight number, a body size number. And then it's... You know, I've always said this, the average woman in America is a size 10 to 14. And, but yet our one-way models are like a size zero or two. Like, how does that make sense? Why are these girls that are size zero or two modeling what the average girl in America looks like for all these brands when the average girl is not a zero or two? I think when you get average, that's because they're adding all of them together Mm -hmm. and then dividing them. So I don't really think that that's like specific. And and even it's bigger than a size. It, it, it. It's bigger than a size, I think, and it's bigger than weight, like an actual number. I think it's, we put so much pressure on not only women, men are included in this too, but like that goal Mm -hmm. of that number. But even when she said, I reached that seven, and then it wasn't enough. Because she thought it would make her feel better. Because you think it will make you feel better. So it's not even, we're not chasing after a number, we're chasing after a feeling. Mm Mm-hmm. And that we never fulfill. But we're brainwashed to think that number matters. Like, Uh it's always, how much do you weigh? What is your size? What can you fit in? I have literally worn clothes. I swear I could be a size, like, two or a four and wear a six, an eight, a zero. Like, everything is made to be in different body shapes. And, you know, I get your point about the average. I'm still talking about, I'm not talking about L.A., what you see on TV, what you see on film. The average size woman is nowhere near the size that's being okay. shown on television. And mm-hmm. I think France just actually passed a law. I believe it's France where yeah, they did. you have to be a minimum of a size four, which at least we're getting somewhere because everywhere else it's a zero or two. But why do we but, exemplify this to girls, little girls on the TV screen? I love Victoria's Secret models. Don't get me wrong. I think they're beautiful. They work very hard for their buddy. People don't realize that they go through one month, two months of rigorous training, diet and exercise to look good for that one show. But we don't see that. But so what we, we think is, why don't we look like that girl? Why don't I have abs? Why don't I have a six pack? Why don't my legs look like that? Like we're teaching young girls to have these eating disorders and think that it's okay to obsess over a number. Like what is we, this number? But we can't also forget that there are people out there that cannot physically gain weight either. So we can't automatically ostracize and say that the people that are heavy set that are overweight are the ones that are only dealing with this. I have a friend that is literally a double zero and cannot gain weight. Mm-hmm. I see her eat constantly yeah. and I know that she does not get rid of it or anything. She literally cannot gain weight and she deals with the opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah. Eat a hamburger. You're too skinny. Yeah, you're you're too sick. Skinny. Mm-hmm. You're all this other stuff. So we have to remember that it's not just one way or the other. Right. And I think what they did a great job about with Madison and with Kate is that they're showing two ends of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Is that just because on the outside she looks perfect and looks fine there's a lot of other stuff that she's dealing with. I think that there's so many different like ideas around what we look like and what we exude on the outside that we and, like try to deal with. Yeah, and, and there's def- there's definitely two sides of the spectrum. I know I have friends as well that they'll be in photos and I've seen the girl eat normal and she eats normal food and not the healthiest eater and she can't gain weight. And people say like what you said, eat a burger. Oh, you look disgusting. Oh, you look so bony. Oh, I'm sure you go throw up in the bathroom. I think a lot of it, aside from this obsession that we have with these numbers and that we've created, is social media. 
there's so much cyberbullying. Oh, you're too big. Oh, you're too small. What happened to like just being healthy and encouraging people to like work out, feel good about yourselves? I'm just saying that these advertisements and things that we see, and I know how we got on this topic, went off on a tangent, is that number. You know why she has that number on her hand and how when she achieved that number, she still didn't gain that happiness that she wanted. And it's because it's something that's like lacking from the inside. And it's just so sad. I'm just saying that society, we don't make it any better when we have these commercials that are like, eat this meal plan for seven days and guaranteed to lose 10 pounds. Like, what does 10 pounds mean? What, what, 10 pounds of fat, 10 pounds of what? Because mm-hmm. you, could, you could lose 10 pounds and, and look exactly the same. You could have lost muscle mass. Muscle weighs more than fat. We're not educating kids on these topics. We're just educating kids on numbers. From my understanding, muscle doesn't weigh more than fat. One pound of muscle is one pound of fat. One pound is the, one pound. The mass, I mean. So like the oh, okay. mass. Okay, you're talking about. Yeah, like, sorry. Like, let me yeah. clarify. So like the mass of a muscle, the equivalent weight of like let's just say it's five pounds. I'm making this up. Would be like this, but like five pounds of fat would be like this. So you look. So I'm the saying look you could of be. It. That's mm-hmm. why, yeah. That's okay. why you're not supposed to be fixated on a number because that's why when I told you the example of the bodybuilder, yeah, yeah. there was a girl. She was literally like 20, 30 pounds heavier, but much slimmer. Like her waist was literally this big. You know, her legs had muscle, her arms had muscle, but we get fixated on this number. Like, wh- what is this number that we get fixated on? And even about Madison is talking about the other side of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Deborah in the chat is saying Madison had body dysmorphia. I don't know if that's confirmed, yes. but that could be understood where she looks at herself in the mirror and, and she sees, sees something, something bigger. That's that's mm-hmm. not there. Anybody yeah. else might look at her and be like, are you kidding? What are you talking about? You look great. She sees... You know, and it's not even necessarily weight all the time. It could be, oh, my hands are too big. Oh, my nose is too big. It's, yeah. You know, it's just the way that you look at yourself in the mirror. It's it's disformed, I basically. En- I enjoyed also their adventure to the wedding salon. Mm-hmm. I-, I guess because I work with evening gowns all the time and I work with women that come in of all shapes and sizes and dealing with that. It's such a fulfilling moment when you find that gown that, that you will, can say that, yes to. That you can say yes to. <laughs> you can say yes to the gown. Um, yes to the dress. I, yes to the dress. But I loved that she um, she decided on the Empire Waste. And, and also that, that Madison got to help her go through. Yes. Question. I'm sorry. Speaking as the expert in the room on dresses. Uh-huh. In your opinion, is uh-huh. it Empire or Umpire? Because they kept saying umpire in the episode. I have always said empire. That's what I've said. I, I just mean, it's spelled like empire. We say empire. It works. Maybe it's kind of like a joke that she, it might the way be it's scripted is that she doesn't know how to say it because she doesn't seem like someone that goes dress shopping. No, because they both said, they both it, both that said that it that way. way. Ah. Maybe that's just how they say it there. Maybe. I don't know. But either way, I loved that they had the private appointment and that she didn't have to try, try on and that the girl that was working there was also very understanding and wasn't trying to be like, that won't look good on you. Mm-hmm. She was really trying hard to just make her have an amazing experience, she which was, is great. Listen, she's a lot nicer than where I've gone. I'm not going to say the names of the places, but two of my closest friends are getting married. So there's been a lot of wedding dress shopping. Mm-hmm. And it's very like, okay, well, no, don't just go looking. Let me know what you're looking for and let me know your budget so we don't show you things that are like... I'm like, what? Just let the girl look at the dress. How does she know what she... How can she tell you what she wants when she hasn't even gone looking yet? I can understand that as well, though, because I I hate it personally whenever we... Because we have thousands of dollars of, like, gowns. Mm-hmm. We have gowns that are 2500 and we have 12800 So when this girl sees this dress and falls in love with it and there's not the budget for that, it mm-hmm. breaks your heart. It's like real and estate. You, it's like, yeah. You don't... Yeah, but there's don't. a nicer way of saying it. Like, hey, you know... Yes, of course, there's a nicer way of saying it. But I always let someone know from the get-go. I'm like, by the way, just letting you know, 
these are that. If you want to so look I get, at it, great. When I'm getting married, remind me not to go dress shopping where she works because she's going to be that girl that's like, no, 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 no. No, no, no I just tell you fact of because I hate it when the girls I'm fall in love with the dress and then look at the price tag and they and see like, the price tag and then they are so set on, that, on dress. that dress yep. and they don't have the budget of 6000 they have the budget of 3000 I don't have a budget of 6000 either, girl. I feel you. Yeah. So like, I, mean, I, I you don't just, get 50% off? What kind of job is this? Just kidding. Right, I wish. Hey guys, you want to give me a discount on my gift? I can't I'm wait to see what dress she chose. I was going to say, I appreciate the fact also that Madison set it up by appointment. Yeah. Like, and she, like because she didn't want Kate to feel any kind of self-consciousness yeah. walking into that store when she's looking at the dress and because you when it's appointment you just feel a little more fancy. Special. Or you even seeing like champagne. other girls coming out in dresses and being like, mm-hmm. "Oh wait, but that dress looks this way or that way." But um just I'm excited fancy. she's getting married. Her mm-hmm. doing the should we start a podcast now? I was like, oh god, we all, we chuckled oh, about that one. Okay, guys, we only have five minutes left, and we have to talk about the freaking fire alarm ah! and the battery. Yes! And I want oh to mention god. yes the eight the magic eight ball that Randall that was so created. Cute. That you was guys, so cute. He was a little I gentleman even at that young of an age. He got it from his dad though. Nurture versus nature. I know it's not his whatever genetic mm-hmm. biological dad but I, I swear romantically he is the most like his father Kevin is definitely that just went right over Kevin's head and time out Randall had game that was game yeah. with the magic eight ball I know what did he need Kevin she didn't say with? no after that Redhead didn't well, say no after that we don't know I was that I say Beth that's true he was upset right and we also don't know because we didn't see him after giving the magic eight ball and they didn't meet till they were 19 he was 18 well, at this point Redhead could have had a boyfriend 17. or something like simple, but we we'll see find her out. later though. Isn't that the same girl that we see later? Mm-hmm. I believe, right? Mm-hmm. When they're all sitting, Kate with the dog and Randall. I don't remember what I ate yes. for breakfast yesterday. She's asking yes. me about you want to talk yes, about yes, forgetting yes. things. We all thought that they were talking about they left Randall at the mall. I thought that you and then, <laughs> and then we get a clear no. shot of you guys the both said that like alarms. Randall at the mall. How do you forget that you left your kid at the mall like hey, eight hours you later? You never know. Actually, I swear to God, I would probably leave my kid at the mall. So I shouldn't have kids. Ooh. No, I'm kidding. But I'm they re- forgot the batteries for the fire alarm. Right. So we it's obviously crazy. know it's a fire. Please, for the love of God, like, give it to us. Give us a little bit. I don't think he dies in the fire. I don't either. <gasps> I don't I'm think you he dies in the fire. Plus, how is the watch not charred? How is none of his product, like, his items not charred when she gets them from the police department? And I don't. Think Just saying. So, because I That's don't know true. if we're jumping into predictions yet. Sure, but. let's jump in because we have three minutes left. All right. Your AfterBuzz TV oh, predictions. Boom, 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 boom. Go. I was gonna say I agree with you, Candace. I don't think that it had. I don't think Jack dies in the fire because they're mentioning him starting the business. I think it now. I think it has something to do with that. I think he was away from the house, and the house catching on fire just was part of what happened that day. I don't know what's going on with the fire because I know that Rebecca pulls up to the house and she just like breaks down mm-hmm. emotionally in front of the burning house. But I don't, I don't know what it is. And why is this redhead so prevalent in the shots? I think or that, is cast. That why I think she, Kevin's cast. It's showing a timeline. Like as as these things are happening, we're getting closer and closer to it. That's what they said in one of the little 
after behind things. We're getting closer. I, I guarantee that by the end of the season, we'll finally know. Well, I know what they do is they kind of give us the little bone about Kate feeling like she's responsible. Mm-hmm. She said it a couple times. Yeah. I'm just going to say, um, I have a prediction about something else that I'm kind of annoyed that they just keep throwing Jack's death in whenever it's kind of like they go off on a tangent about something else and then they throw a little hint in. Just, just give us something worth grabbing onto. Yeah. Yeah. They just throw us these little bones and it's annoying. I love the show. I love everything about it. I love all the hidden messages and all the things it teaches us and it brings up important topics. But for the love of God, what happens to Jack? Tell us. But I will say that I do think um, Kevin is going to go back for Sophie. I know everyone keeps saying in the chat they don't care about Sophie. <laughs> but I do think I don't care about he's not going to feel complete in his, what is it, redemption journey? or journey of healing until he at least fixes what he has with Sophie. And knowing Sophie, she's going to take him back because, you know, he's Kevin. Uh, maybe I don't I want to find out so bad why Jack died because I feel like there's so much more about Jack that we need to learn that it doesn't need to revolve around his death mm-hmm. I feel like once we get past that we can focus on so much more but I feel like they're just kind of dangling it too much at this point like, it's too much like why did you throw the lie detector right not lie I said lie detector what, like why show us the battery at the end just show us I, I, and I don't know if it's because they think that if they tell us why he dies, it kills the whole story. There's no storyline. There's so much more storyline after yeah. that. Agreed. Just tell Agreed. us what happened. Yeah. Stop. And Aaliyah, who's been saying this in the chat for the past, like, 15, 18, 20,000 weeks, that <laughs> she's annoyed. She just wants to know already. Yep. Agreed. By Agreed. the way, we love you guys in the chat. Yeah. You guys are awesome. We read and everything you guys say. We also, love you. shout out to an alumni from the chat, or alumna from the chat, Kay, who was the story editor on this episode she's not in here tonight but you know she's been in here before so well guys i don't have any other predictions for that and again we want to thank you to zip recruiter as well so remember if you are going through new year's resolutions or if you're just looking for new employees to hit up ziprecruiter.com backslash buzz um but it was an amazing episode Mm -hmm. i liked this episode a lot better than last week i like last week it was juicy I like last week's juices. All the juices I like last are week's. I think every family needs like a therapy powwow session. For you not to like juices, you've been you said it a couple times. I know. Tonight. I just thought it was funny. No, I loved last week's episode with the therapy session. I just felt like it was too neat. Yeah, yeah and that's what we said last week. I feel like it just needed to be a little bit more messy. That's but that's what we just said it. last week. Yep. Other than that, um, I'm excited for next week. I'm excited to see what happens. I needed to see more. Just tell me how Jack died, for the love of God. I know. Tell Come me. Come on, dude. Seriously. Come on. You guys are killing us. But thank you guys so much for joining us. We will be here. Tell us! <laughs> yes, I'm Candice Cruz. You can find me on all my social media at Candice R. Cruz. Go, Lena. Go. I'm, I'm Lena Nori. And if you agree with me that we need to freaking know how Jack died, tweet me at Lena Nori because I'm over this. <laughs> not, not over this. I love this show. But I need to know how Jack died. Come on. Tell me. And I'm Erica Shannon. Like I said before, I'm just riding the wave of the show. When it comes, I'm fine with it. But She's lying. She wants to know. I want to know. know. Of course I want to know. But I'm just going to continue to go on with the show. If you want to find me on Twitter, you can do so at Miss Airy Baby. All right, guys. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, see you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 